0: Hey everybody, welcome to The Little Fish Podcast, season three, The School of Marketing. I'm Joel Eschenbach and so happy to have you here. This week we're gonna talk about how to write words to reach your audience with Joshua Harris. This is gonna be a great episode. But before that, go to thelittlefishpodcast.com and click subscribe to get resources for every episode. In fact, last week I had a ton of resources about how to create an effective homepage. I had the homepage cheat sheet, I had a walkthrough video, check that out and check out last week's episode where I talked about the five mistakes to avoid and how to fix them on your website. Also, if you're an audio listener, I'd love if you left a five-star review on iTunes. It helps us to get the word out more for the podcast and help more business owners and share this video too. There's a share button right at the bottom of the video you can share on your social channels. So here we go. Joshua Harris. I'm really excited about this interview. I have been following Josh's work for a long time. He's just an all-around great guy, Um, but he's an author of 20 years. I I read his first book 20 years ago. Um, He's a marketer, he's a speaker, And just like I said, just a real guy is going to help us with some things that we get stuck on when it comes to writing. And we talk a lot about writing and and a lot of different angles. So let's get right into my interview with Joshua Harris. Well, hey, Josh, thank you for being on the show. I'm excited to have you today.
1: Yeah, I've been looking forward to this. Thanks for having me. Yeah, definitely.
0: You know, I, I was thinking, getting ready to this for this interview, I was thinking, I read your first book, I must have been 16 or 17 years old. When I wow. read, when I read your first book right. um, and, and of course you have a whole story and a whole TEDx ab- about that book and your process for writing when you, when, how old were you when you wrote, wrote your first book?
1: Uh, I was, a, I was 19, 20, okay. uh, 19 or 20 when the process, and then it was published when I was 21. So yeah, yeah. That, it's that, now the backstory is that it's now unpublished. Yeah. So <laughs> right. that's yeah. an example of. <laughs> As we talk about opening a story loop, like I, I'm a best-selling author, but my books are all unpublished. Are I'm an unpublished author. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, and it is,
0: and it's a good story. And like I said, I mean, there, you have, you've, you've written blog posts about it. You've been on other, other platforms. You had a TEDx talk about it. So we don't want to, I don't need to spend a ton of time talking about it, but I encourage everybody to go check that out for sure. If, if you're interested in learning more, Josh is a great, authentic, real guy. Um thanks, man. But let's talk about writing. Yeah. So 20 years you've been writing. Um mm. and now you have your own marketing agency and you really? help people. What do, what are you helping with people now? Uh helping people with now on a regular basis. Uh
1: my company builds websites and does the whole process, but uh really the most important thing that we do is the content side of things. So sometimes we just we just work on that that writing piece, getting the, the message clear. And then writing the content that uh, populates the website. But it's funny because when you talk about writing, like I think about these small business owners. First of all, shout out to these women and men who are working so hard out there and and trying to wear so many different hats. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like they're running their business, but then they have to think about the marketing and the writing side of things. I think writing for a lot of people has like this aura of, mystery and like oh some people are writers and some people aren't and and people can have I think a big hang up over that and um I I love to just try to 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 kind of pop that bubble if you will Hmm. and just say listen you know the the principles of clear communication are ones that that we can all apply you can improve the content on your site you can improve the way you you know, communicate to your customers and so on, but it will take, it will take some practice and will take some editing. Hmm. And, um, so that's, that's the big encouragement I'd want to give to people. Don't, don't kind of have this mysterious view of writing and yeah. this is only for the writers out there. Of course, I love to, to do that, to try to sell my, my, uh, services. <laughs> right. Right. The reality yeah. is, is that we can all make good improvements.
0: Right. No, that's a good, really good reminder. And that there's, in a sense, like we're talking about what are the best words, how to write words to reach your audience. But in another sense, there's not perfect magic words, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and, so, exactly. and so I think a lot of times if you are a business owner, like you're saying, where maybe you write emails, maybe you write a blog post occasionally, you know, you're doing mm-hmm. some writing and correspondence back and forth with people, but you know, maybe you're not really writing for marketing per se, and it can be intimidating mm-hmm. and overwhelming. And I'm just wondering what advice, other advice could you give people if they're staring at the blank page and saying, okay, I know I need to write the social media post, or I know I need to write this Mm. marketing email, or I know I need to write words for my website. What are some mistakes that you see people making with
1: that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I would encourage people to use the same kind of principles that they the experience in a real life setting, whenever they interact with someone, you know, mm. whether it's at a, a party or you're, you you know, you bump into someone and you start having a conversation. Um, we don't, none of us like it when somebody's super long winded. Mm. So, I mean, I think that principle of be uh, as concise as you can respect people's time in that sense. Um, I think, we always appreciate it when we get into a conversation and the person that's talking is taking an interest in us. And so I think that's a huge part of effective communication that you're, you're not just kind of writing to unload all of your uh, expertise or or talk about yourself, but you're writing, thinking of that person, their concerns, you know, the, the actual challenges they're facing, making it as helpful as possible to to them I think that's a, another key thing to, to keep in mind, and then what I mentioned earlier on the the editing side of it, um, come back to things that you've written, and and look for ways to to shorten, look for mm-hmm. ways to you know make it more compelling through a story, that type of thing. Uh, good writing is rarely or actually I should say never is never the first draft yeah. and uh, and so you know the balance there is don't get so hung up on trying to make it perfect that you don't get something on paper get something on paper you know that's you know that social media post get just right and and you know do your best but then circle back to it an hour later or the next day and see it with kind of fresh eyes and that editing is where I think really effective, effective writing takes place and is created
0: yeah that's good especially the rough draft side I think you're right getting it out putting it out there and then because you you may get it out there and feel like it's total crap but then you may come back the next day and go oh there are parts of that that were good
1: right right and and the other thing I would say is is be you know be consistent with who you are if you feel like when you go to write you know for marketing content whether it's emails whether it's copy for your site and you feel like you're sort of like putting on a, an outfit that, that isn't you, you know, mm-hmm. or you're kind mm-hmm. of trying to use certain lingo and that type of thing. Um, I mean, sometimes you have to stretch yourself to, to meet the people you're trying to reach. But for the most part, I don't think that's going to be good writing. If you, you feel like you're acting like someone else. Yeah. So be authentic, be, and there's, again, you and I see so much marketing content out there and mm-hmm. so much writing and it can all start to sound the same.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And everybody's like trying to sound like the other guy, and so if you can just be natural and communicate the way that you communicate, uh, I think that's actually going to be it's it's going to feel more real, and it's actually going to connect with the people that you you want to to connect with. Yeah. Um, and I would look for you know as you as you uh, are interacting with clients, there there might be a moment where you're in a conversation, and you describe the work you do. And, and for some reason in that moment, the person's like, oh, that makes so much sense. You know, we'll just take note of those moments and, and think about those phrases. And in a sense, you're testing out uh, what ideas land and what kinds of communication lands. And sometimes mm-hmm. it'll happen in conversation. We'll carry that over into the writing. I, I don't know if you have this experience, but there's so many moments where a client will send me written content and it's just like, oh, it's like, you know, swimming through peanut butter, right? Yeah, it's just like, yeah, so yeah. it's so difficult to understand. And I'll say, well, you know, I'm having trouble with this. Like, what are you wanting to say? And they'll say, well, what I want to say is blah yeah. blah 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 yeah. And you go, just write that, yeah, you know, yeah. just like, that's exactly it.
0: People try to be almost too articulate, use too many big words. They try to be too fancy and it's really just talk. Um, that's, yeah, that's, true. Yeah, that, that's really yeah, true. You know, no, that's good stuff. Do you, do you use the Hemingway app by any chance? Have you heard of that no, one?
1: I don't. Somebody mentioned it the other day, and I, I wrote it down, That I want to check it out. Tell me about it.
0: So the Hemingway app is an app that it does a lot of things. One of the things it does is it'll tell you the, the grade level that you're writing. So oh, if you're using, you know, now we're talking again about specifically about marketing, writing for marketing. Yeah. If you're writing right. a book, that's a different story, I guess, but you're, I guess, supposed to be around a fifth grade level. So oh, what it should be is your marketing copy should be somewhere around a fifth grade level so that your brain doesn't have to process when people see it, they understand it right away. And so the Hemingway so app good. will actually, will actually show you what level grade level you're writing at. Sometimes you put something in that's it's like, well, this is 12th grade level. Um, wow. uh, I literally yeah. have like a fly buzzing around. <laughs> awesome. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, so it, is it like a Grammarly style? Yeah, it's kind of, uh, yeah, it's kind of yeah. like that. You put it in there okay. and it tells you. But yeah. what's nice, what I like about that is a couple of times I've used it and, and we have a, a part-time writer on staff that's used it. And, it, you know, you'll put something on it in and it'll be like, oh, this is a 10th grade level. And you'll hack out some of the big words and mm-hmm. then it cuts it down. Yeah, like, this, this is fifth grade level. This is where people are reading mm-hmm. quickly without having to mm-hmm. overthink the whole thing. So when you were saying that, it reminded me of, of that process.
1: No, that's good. Yeah, that, that's that app sounds like a, a great app. I I know that one of the things that's challenging for me at times is my strength is simplifying ideas and you mm. know, taking what's sometimes very like insider kind of language in an industry and translating that to a, a broader audience. And that's just something that I I think I've been doing for a long time. I did it as a pastor, you know, partly that's what you're doing when you preach. You're taking yeah, yeah. this. Uh, ancient text and maybe ideas and concepts from one culture, translating that to a, a modern day context with a, an audience that's very diverse in terms of age and background and education. But there are certain industries where that simplification process actually isn't helpful, mm-hmm. you know? And so you have to think about, again, you have to think about your audience. Um, what do they need to hear to, you know, address their problems and then also to establish the fact that you you're an expert in what you do. Yeah. And depending on the industry, sometimes they need to see that really technical jargon, sometimes they need to make sure that you can, you know, hang with them with mm-hmm. you know whatever your service or your industry might be. So that's something that I think is a it's all about putting the customer and the client at the center of your communication. Mm-hmm. And sometimes simplifying that if you're trying to reach a broad group of people is really important. And other times it's like simplify, but make sure you're, you're using the, the kind of precise vocabulary and, and lingo. If you yeah, the right, industry speak group. or whatever yeah, the use. industry yeah. speak. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Huh. yeah. That's a good reminder. Um, you know, and, and you said talking about, you mentioned their problem a few weeks ago on the podcast, we talked to JJ. From oh, fantastic.
1: Yeah, it was cool oh, to have him yeah. on.
0: And he he spent a lot of time talking about first talk about the problem. And mm-hmm. I've seen that even in some of the writing I've I've played around with with I love how you said before, test things out, see what resonates mm-hmm. with people. But yeah. I've I've tested that out with putting the problem first in social media posts, talking about the customer's problem first and leading out a social media post with that mm-hmm. and then getting into the solution. And you know, that's mm-hmm. a I, I like how you it's just a good reminder for us that. Care about your customers' concern, you know. It's for their audience, and then, then kind right. of belay your point and how you can help.
1: And I don't you think there's a range of how you talk about the problem because I I know mm. that for me sometimes I I I talk about the problem, and I go so dark. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like <laughs> the world is falling apart, right, and it's so right. terrible. It can get you know? that way. But the the problem there's a range of of being able to describe that, and it really is just talking about the real experience of the person, the frustration, Mm. you know, that, that kind of level Um, and putting their, you know, we all, we all wake up in our life and we're all dealing with um, the issues and the challenges of our life. And so if we can write kind of putting ourselves in their shoes. That's the, that's really what writing to that problem is about. It's, Mm. it's being concerned about the things they're concerned about. Yeah, And, um, there've been moments where I've, you know, I've, I've written, you know, kind of emphasizing the problem aspect and it doesn't feel right to the client. You know, they're Mm -hmm. like, that just doesn't reflect my personality. And again, there's not, there are principles that consistently work, but you have to, you have to make sure it reflects kind of who you are and and the way that you, you want to position yourself.
0: Yeah. That's a good reminder. When we first did sites, Ryan, so Ryan is, is one of our full-time designers on staff on on our our agency, but, but, uh, I don't know if you remember, we hardly ever put the problem on the website on websites. Mm -mm. Yeah. We're doing it. We're doing it more now. Yeah. But you know, a lot of times it felt like kind of what you were saying, where we were trying too hard, you know, like you said, it's going too dark or too intense. Now we're Mm -hmm. doing it more, but, but, but almost like you said, lightening up and and getting into that frustration Mm -hmm. side of it more and not getting into, you know, the world's gonna end if you don't buy our product, our service, <laughs> whatever it is. Right,
1: right. Um, how do you how do you guys approach that? Like, what what kind of format are you presenting the problem in? I mean, I know there's so many different ways. Yeah, so yeah.
0: Usually with us, it's it's very very website focused. So sure, it, and, you know, it's usually a a section of the homepage where we're talking about mm-hmm. the problem. And mm-hmm. so we we do a lot of small business uh, websites, but we also do a lot of nonprofit sites. It's easier to mm-hmm. to create the bird, uh, realize the problem and talk about the problem, mostly in nonprofit circumstances.
1: Right. Cause they're trying to fix something in the world. Yeah, is exactly. That, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So you can isolate what that problem is and what they're trying to deal with a lot of times easier than the businesses. I think with the businesses, mm-hmm. it can sometimes go a little bit, feel a little bit too manipulative. Um, yeah, that's so, a
1: that's I think the challenge that I often feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: but is the way I think to answer your question is how we usually do it is we usually put a section, you know, kind of right under the header of the homepage where we talk about the problem if we can. But mm-hmm. we didn't mm-hmm. ever do that at the beginning because we felt like we don't want to be manipulative. But then when I realized that it's I like how you said it. It's not about being manipulative. It's about recognizing that people are already dealing with something. You yeah. just need to acknowledge that. Because when you acknowledge that, then they connect with it.
1: No, it's true. That yeah. really is true. And I I think to me that stage of knowing your customer well and knowing how you want to message and then translating it to an actual web page is is probably one of the, the most challenging kind of steps, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, yeah it because is. Because you're working with limited time to communicate with them it's 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 one thing if you know I, as a writer i've written books so you have a chapter you have a whole book hmm. to communicate an idea and there's a certain agreement on the part of the reader of i purchased this book i'm sitting down to read it i'm going to engage with an idea that's going to flow whereas on a website you have seconds right yeah. you have you know just such a short window of time to figure out what ideas do I want to plant in their mind? What are the the key phrases, you know, that I want to express and then visually, how am I presenting that in a way that that they'll take it in? So, um, you know, I, I don't know if what you guys use as your prototyping your sites, but I'll often use uh, draftium, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, just a, a way to kind of plug and play different modules and so on. And I would say for, um, a small business owner that's maybe going back and redoing parts of their site and so on, I would encourage you write to the length of the of the space on your site. So whether you use something like Draftium or you just, you know, you go to your site and right now you know in this block there are these words that are there. Well, copy and paste those words and know that you've got, you know, 50 words or 100 words or whatever it might be and write to that link. Because I think that's part of the the challenge is that um, you often just write way too long. If you just have a Word document and you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, I'm just going to share all these, you know, these ideas. And then you hand that to your developer and the site that they create is going to be going to be terrible. (laughs) It's going to be, you know, it's just way too much content. But if you can write to the space, then you start having to force yourself to say, OK, in this moment, I really only have a, a phrase or two here or I really only have three sentences here. And that forces you to to really boil it down to the essence.
0: Yeah, that's a really good reminder because we do see that a lot. You know, people will write they write way too much, and then you're trying to cut words out and trying to fit everything in. And no one's going to read all that, especially if you have a, st- a small space. So no. that, that's a good good reminder. And it goes back to what you were saying before: write it, rough draft it, and then cut, 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 yeah, cut, cut, exactly. edit down. Exactly. Um, and I imagine even from your from your days of of writing books and uh, hopefully we'll see more books from you in the future. Um, <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> but, but I imagine that the draft that you started with probably got cut down quite a bit, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, I've had moments where I've, you know, wanted to throw the phone across the room after I get off a call with my editor, you know, and, <laughs> and, uh, he's saying, this is unclear. You need to make this more compelling. You need to add a story. You need to cut this down. So mm. it's, you know that getting getting feedback and getting someone else's perspective is, is such an important part. Um, one of the things that I, I think is so helpful is if you're let's say you're writing a, um, an email, for example, or or maybe a, a little bit of a longer form section or blog post or whatever it might be, um, keep a keep a scraps uh, file is what I call it, um, where you you got the working copy that you're working with. But then as you edit things out and so on, instead of just deleting things or, oh, you know, you come to the page and you're like, oh, I hate this and just delete it. I've made, I've had so many moments where I've done that and been like, wait a second, that that sentence I wrote two days ago, that was actually yeah, good. Yeah, see where that, Ryan? That do, you hear, do you hear that? <laughs> yes. Okay.
0: So all the time I tell him that from a design perspective, I'm like, don't throw that design element you just created. Don't throw yeah. it away. Keep it.
1: Yeah. I always it's throw it true. away. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. That's but that forget. scraps file, like I would like if I was writing a chapter or let's say it's a blog post, I would have the original that I'm or the working copy and then the old versions that I would just you know copy and paste into the scraps file, which could be like you know hundreds of pages long by the yeah. by the end of it. But you're, you're then able to just move on and sharpen, but know you can go back and find a phrase or realize, you know what, the way that I expressed that earlier was was better. Again, it's that idea of it's this evolving living thing that you're working with. And then I the, the other thing I would say on the editor side is, if you have somebody that can you know be that second set of eyes, that's tremendously helpful. Where yeah. they can just in a very fresh way say, I read this, and what stands out to me is this, or this is the impact, and uh, y- you know, you lose some objectivity when you're too close to something. Yeah, I,
0: I want to talk a little bit about your um, people's pro- writing process. So, mm-hmm. one of the big challenges I think with writing, we talked about a, bu- a bunch of them, but one of them too is finding the time to write. If you're a mm-hmm. business owner, like you said early on, with you're wearing all the hats, you're doing all the things for your business, yeah. and you've got to somehow create content because you know that. I've at least got to put something on social media or I have at least have to create some kind of email campaign or put copy on my website. How do you find time to write?
1: If I share anything that sounds like some authoritative plan, I will be struck down by lightning because I'm (laughs) such a hypocrite in this area right now. (laughs) You know, I, I find myself, um, am I can be so busy with the projects that I'm working on for clients, Mm -hmm. um, that my own marketing work can get pushed aside. And so honestly, this is one of my biggest challenges Mm And um, so I, you know, I scheduled uh, a time with someone that we're kind of mutually coaching each other in different ways. And I think what I've found is if I don't have someone else that's stepping in, that's forcing me to create some of those deadlines that is helping me to strategize, that's, you know, giving me feedback and so on my own, content creation for my own business my own marketing collateral and so on is always at the end of the the list Mm -hmm. and so um you know i just have to kind of create uh in a sense create mechanisms to force myself to to make progress in those areas and i don't have it all figured out you know so Instagram for me can often be very haphazard. I don't have a great, you know, social media. I help other people build theirs. Yeah, I know. I get that. The cobbler (laughs) shoes, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, So um, I I think that would be the biggest thing. And that's, I mean, I think that's the reason why people hire someone like me or someone like you. Mm -hmm. They can, they could do a lot of this work themselves. They could build a lot of these things themselves. They can write a lot of this content, but as they just run their business, it's hard to get around to doing that. For themselves so, so that's kind of the, the honest answer and then there's some of the things that I, I work on myself what I'm trying to ask the question of because I've got some potential writing projects and then I've got new areas that, of my own business that I'm wanting to develop and I was talking to this person that was, was coaching me it was basically like okay I really have to put that time first in terms of my, my where my creative energy is so that's going to be different for every person, but if you know that this is the time of day when you're sharpest, this is the type time of day where you are the most effective. How can you really guard that time? Because what you invest in that content creation or that you know creating that marketing material is going to grow your business, uh, unlike you know almost anything else. Yeah. And so for me, that's probably um, the morning. And um, kind of disciplining myself not to immediately go to email and my base camp and seeing where all the projects are and letting other people's priorities drive me. But it's saying, if I could just even carve out half an hour to an hour, whatever it might be, and I'm going to get words on paper. Mm -hmm. And that's that's a a good investment in that time. So that's, that's kind of where I am right now. Check in with me soon. Yeah, I will. (laughs) I will.
0: I will. (laughs) will. That's good though. I mean, you talked about accountability, you've got coaching in place, you know, in that relationship to say, okay, how can we help each other pursue these goals we're after, but then also, yeah, carving out time. And I, I, I do that too. And I've found that sometimes you have to really, when you say guard that time, you really have to guard that time. Um, I find that, you know, I I try to spend Tuesdays, for instance, just working on stuff for the business, you know, and it's usually creative, creative stuff on the business, uh, whether that's writing content or coming up with ideas or whatever. And I find that sometimes I really have to protect that time, you know, and and everything from, you know, just personal stuff, family to, to, uh, you know, work, obviously work projects and everything but i find that when i do protect that time the times that i do a lot comes out of it so
1: when you when you take that tuesday time to work on your own business and the creative and so on what are some of the categories that you you have on your list to address
0: yeah so good question right now a lot of it has to do with this podcast so mm. you know i'm i'm trying to decide you know who's going to be on the podcast what are we going to cover what are the questions mm. that we're going to go over and then yeah. you know the marketing side of it I'm mm-hmm. starting to write out, you know, when I'm when I'm going to market this on, on social or an email or whatever. What am I going right. to talk about? You know, mm-hmm. um, what are some of the things we're going to dive deep into? But I also do that. I try to do that on the business side, too, because, you know, there's inevitably things that you have to keep doing to keep the engine moving forward. Right. You right. know, from from social posts to to whatever. Um, right. So, so I try to do that, but, but you know how, it's just like you, you know how it is some, some Tuesdays I have really productive, amazing days where I get a ton of work done and then other mm-hmm. Tuesdays I don't. And right, but I still try to keep it every as an appointment every week, because if I don't, then it all just falls apart. I right. Guess,
1: right. Yeah. That's right. That's good. That's inspiring. Well,
0: I want to, one more question I want to dive into. Um, Because one of the things I've really picked up from just talking to you today is almost this. I love I love how relaxed you are. I love that you're (laughs) almost just giving people permission and saying, look, you don't have to get stressed out about this. You don't have to try to be somebody you're not. You just have to be yourself. You have to be authentic. You have to find your brand voice. So Mm -hmm. I love that. But I want to get into what where does somebody start? Let's back way up. You're running Mm -hmm. a business. You kind of don't know where to start when it comes. I know I got to write something. I know I got to put something on paper. Where would you encourage people to start when it comes to to writing and to creating content?
1: So there are lots of different you know frameworks out there that you can use. Yeah. Um, but the basic idea is take some time to think about who you're trying to to reach. Really think hard about who that person is, their, their age, their gender, their, you know, that kind of what their life looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and lo- there are lots of systems for, for thinking about, you know, kind of the avatar of, of your, your customer and so on. But really just think about who is this person and what's the problem that they have that my company solves. And simply expressing that is harder than a lot of people think. Yeah. I mean, it, mm-hmm. They say, here's the person, you know, they have this need, This is what I do that meets that need and helps them, you know? So go through that work and then, you know, imagine that person saying, wow, I would love to get your help with solving my problem. Well, what do you want them to do? You know, if you had a hundred people show up at your website and say, we're ready to go, what is the process that you would ask them to walk through so that they can get your services? And then, you know, be very specific about that, specific about it in terms of your workflow, mm. in terms of what you, you're asking them to you know click on and so on. Um, those are really simple questions to answer, but yeah. they're so powerful when it comes to putting yourself out into the, the digital world, your website, your Instagram, and so on. So once you've answered those, those simple questions and you're talking about the challenge your customer faces and how you bring success to them, you now need to ask the question: Okay, is this simple message being expressed on my website?
0: Hmm.
1: You know, um, whether you whether you work on that yourself or you you know you get the help from someone like you or me or whoever to to implement on the website, you just need to make sure it's happening, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. The same goes. Now look at your at your Instagram um, or your Facebook or whatever social media you're using. Okay, are you consistently expressing? these elements. Do people know how to engage with you? Do they know the problem you're solving? You know, and there are lots of different creative ways to express that, but is it happening? Hmm. And then I think you just need a consistent, a consistent plan for, for, you know, continuing to, to engage with people. I think that one of the pieces that, um, you know, in terms of an overall strategy as you, as you take further steps is to say, um, when people come to to my site or they interact with me, do they get a clear, straightforward message that so they that they can understand? Yeah, so that's like the that's to me a step number one. Right,
0: right. Do they step get it right two, away? Yeah,
1: yeah. Do they get it right away? Mm-hmm. But step number two is how am I going to bring those people to my site? And that is a that is a second step. I definitely think it's it's uh it's not the first step, but it's a mm-hmm. second step. But it's a really important one to ask because. Sometimes people can make their message really clear, and they even have a, a great-looking site, and it's like crickets because nobody nobody's there. Nobody's coming to their yeah. site. Nobody's yeah. you know. It's like if you build this wonderful store out in the middle of nowhere, it doesn't have a road leading to it. It's not near a freeway. <laughs> yep. Nobody knows you're there, right? Yep. So that's where that's where things like search engine optimization is so important. And when people search for a certain problem, you're popping up. That's where something like digital advertising is so important, right? Um, but that order of clarity first, clear a clear process for people to hire you, and then bring the traffic is really what you want to walk through. And I would just say to business owners, like where that feels overwhelming, um, you know, talk to a number of different people. Like, don't sign on with the first first person that you talk to, because oftentimes um, there's going to be a fit you know, just relationally that will feel good to you. And that fit can be like the size of their company and in terms of the size of your company. Sometimes you hire a company that's too big and you get lost in the crowd. Sometimes you hire a company that's too small. Maybe they can't handle all of of your needs and so on. Mm -hmm. And then also there are certain companies that they specialize in one part of that process, but they might not be able to help you with the whole thing. So just be kind of lay out the the pieces that you're going to need and then find whether it's one person or it's multiple people that can help you at the different stages. And um, yeah, and fi- just talk, to, talk yeah. to a bunch of people, you know, and yeah. compare them. Yeah, so, and yeah. like
0: find somebody to, to basically staff your weakness is, is kind of what I hear you saying. Like an area that I can yeah. do this, this, and this good, but maybe I hire somebody mm-hmm. to do this. And your, exactly. your segue couldn't have been any more perfect, Josh, because honestly, what we're gonna do over the next few weeks is starting to get into things like okay, you have your website and your messaging clear now let's talk about ads. Let's talk about Google ads and Facebook ads right. and SEO. So it was right. a perfect, a perfect segue.
1: And oh, the, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that.
0: <laughs> but, but before we wrap up, I want to give you the opportunity going back to what you do as an agency. You know, I know right. that you specialize in that idea of, of helping people find their brand voice. I love how you said you almost create, like we create brand guidelines for design. You know, mm-hmm. you're creating yeah. essentially a brand guideline for their voice. I love that right. that idea. Right. If somebody is listening and they're going, "Okay, I love what Josh is talking about, and I need help with my brand voice. I need help backing up and looking at the big picture. How yeah. can how can you help them? And what are the next steps uh, for you to help them?"
1: Yeah, well, um, they can connect with my company, which is clearandloud.com and the first step really is just to schedule a time for us to chat. And mm-hmm. so uh, scheduling a call, getting on my calendar is really simple. And that conversation is uh, me just learning about where you are with your company, what your challenge is and whether or not we're a good fit. And I, I really try to give a lot of, of value to, you know, the people that I talk to in those calls. Sometimes we end up getting to work together, which is awesome. Other times I'm able to, to point them in the direction of a, of another um, you know company that might serve them better yeah. uh, or, or even just like you know what you've got you got what you need right now take this step yourself and mm-hmm. then let's talk later that kind of thing. So that free consultation is the is the first step and if there are specific ways that I can serve you, I'll just come back with a specific proposal and you'll be able to you know make a decision of, of whether or not uh, I can kind of help you take that that next step. but the, the message clarity piece, the brand voice, and then you know, creating the content on your site to to uh, express that. Those are the the parts that I I love to participate in, and um, and it's it to me, you know, it, it's really the 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 thing that I love more than anything is when you're working with a business owner. They've invested so much in their company, you know, just blood, sweat, and tears, right, mm-hmm. to to run a business, yeah. and that piece of just simply and clearly communicating their message might be something they've just never given the time to. And so I love being that person that comes alongside them. It's like, you know what? It's already in you. You already have that internal clarity. Now let's, let's put it on paper. Let's express it in a way that you can easily duplicate it and share with others. And that's the thing that uh, brings me the most, most joy.
0: Yeah. I love that. I love how you said it's already in you. We're just helping to get it out into the world. Perfect. Exactly. Well, Josh, thank you. And I, I encourage anybody who needs help with their brand voice and to work on that, to give Josh a call, schedule a consultation with him. But uh, yeah, thanks for being on the show. And, you know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to follow up with you about uh, working on your own content too. We'll follow up with each <laughs> okay, other Okay, sounds that, good. So. But uh, yeah, thanks again, Josh. It's been awesome.
1: Uh, thanks so much, Joel. Yep. Appreciate it. Great yep. conversation. Yep.
0: Well, I hope you got as much as I did out of that interview With Joshua Harris I know one of the things for me is like just slow down don't take yourself so seriously and right from the heart you know I just thought it was really helpful stuff that he shared next week we're going to be talking about email marketing and email automation how to jumpstart your business with email automation and we have the one and only email guru Chris Davis I'm telling you you're gonna learn so much next week when it comes to email all the questions you have, have had about email marketing and automation or even if you don't know where to start, Chris lays it all out. In fact, next week's episode is a pretty long one because we go into so many different parts. So you're not gonna wanna miss it with Chris Davis next week. And go to thelittlefishpodcast.com. Make sure you click subscribe so you can get the resources for this episode, the previous episodes, and the episodes to come. So thanks again for watching. I'll see you next week on The School of Marketing.